0: If you remember last Sunday we ran a little bit long and we had to cut this this message in half so I'll just really quickly kind of go over what we talked about last Sunday and the whole point here is God has wants to establish his sovereignty here on earth through his church he wants to establish his sovereignty here on earth through his church and I get that from Ephesians 10 3 uh, where it says his intent that's God's intent, is now through the church that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to rulers and authorities in heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished through Jesus Christ as Lord. the Lord. Why is there so much misery in this world? Why are things so out of control? What, we, what do we first do? We say, why, God, did you let that happen? Why did you do that, God? Why did you, if you're a loving God, why did you let that happen? You know whose fault it is, actually? It's us, the church. It's us, the church. We have not taken God's sovereignty and established it here on earth as we should have. That's why God isn't in schools. That's why God isn't in u- universities. That's why there's so many abortions. That's why there's so much violence. It's not God's fault. It's our responsibility to see to it that God's sovereignty is established here on earth. You say, well, Steve, how are you supposed to do that? I'm so sorry about this microphone. Why are you, why, why, how can a Christian do that? On our knees in prayer. On our knees in prayer. Do we militantly vote as we should? Well, probably not. But should we be voting for the candidates who best align or the least worst? Let's put it that way. Let's vote for the least worst candidate out there. (laughs) The one who comes closest, although he or she might be super far away from it, but the one who comes closest to the godly values. So we should definitely do that. Should we vote with our dollars well yeah if there's a business that's supporting initiatives that are against the Word of God yeah we probably should take our money and go shop somewhere else there's things we can do do those things amount to hill of beans well they amount to a partial hill of beans right, they're worthwhile but the biggest impact we can have of taking God's sovereignty and saying I want it done here on earth is on our knees in prayer your prayers can change the course of history one person's prayer can change the course of history all right so that's the purpose of this ephesians 3 10 that we just read it says here just to kind of sum it up matthew 6 9 says jesus tells us how to pray pray this way our father who is in heaven hallowed be your name listen to this your kingdom come that means your sovereignty come down from heaven onto earth today in practical ways and your will be done have you guys been doing any of that this week and saying, "I'm you know what? I'm sick and tired of this medication ruling my life. I want God's sovereignty to rule my life." Or maybe I am sick and tired of not having the job that God wants me to have. I'm going to pray in a job for myself or for my family. Amen. All right? I am sick and tired of this this disease or this injury that I've had plaguing me. I want God's sovereignty to come in and heal me in the name of Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. It's a militant activist way of thinking about the kingdom of heaven. Now we know, as we talked a little bit about this, that what does God's kingdom look like? It's really the church. I'm not talking about a church. I'm talking about the church, the gathering of believers, that when we gather together, God is there, and his power is present, and he'll start changing and shaking things. That's why we pray for Hilda's family. We pray for Jared. You know, she's got that name. That's why we pray for Brother Jimmy's and Popeye's son. We want to see God intervene and do something miraculous. So we're militant about God's sovereignty in these situations. Do you really think God wants people to get divorced or or the families to be separated or from for somebody to be sickly all their life no the kingdom of heaven what did it look like when jesus came he said the kingdom of heaven is near meaning the king is here and what happened people started getting healed people's minds that were messed up started getting put right back in order again that's what happens when the sovereignty of God, the kingdom of heaven comes down in the church, we start going out and we start making a difference, a sovereign difference, amen? And so that's kind of what we were talking about last week when, we, when the clock interrupted us the way that it did, right? So we found also that Jesus said, you know what? I'm gonna build my church, it's not your church. This is not a democracy, this is a theocracy. This is where God rules and reigns. And if I ever get in the way of that, I better get out of the way (laughs) so that God's sovereignty in this church can take take rule the, the way that it should. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, he said, All authority in heaven and on earth, that's sovereignty. Boy, that's some serious sovereignty there. In heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now what I want you to do, I want you to go and make disciples of that sovereignty. I want you to go tell people that Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and to come under that sovereignty of the Lord. Ha- how hard is it for you to give up control of your life, God? How hard is that? It's really hard. <laughs> I'll never forget, man, I was at work, and it was kind of a big room. There's a couple of us working. There was actually about four or five of us working in one room. I used to be an auditor. Okay, how many of you guys like auditors? Not much, all right, that's what I used to do. Financial auditor, and three of the five people left the room, and I was left with another guy whose name was Steve as well. Steve, Steve. And he and I had already talked about the things of God, and um, I began to share with him, here's what you gotta do, all right? To be a Christian, you let God be Lord over your life, sovereign over your life. And I'll tell you the short story of the version. He looked at me and says, I know exactly what you're saying, Steve. Steve to Steve. I know exactly what you're saying. He said, but I can't do it. I can't give up that level of control. And isn't that you and me? Isn't that our problem? We have a hard time letting God take control. Well, good news, about 10 years later, I ran into this guy, and he would given God control over his life so you know what i'm talking about when i say sovereign it's when god takes charge and you start following god that's a tough decision it's a simple decision but it's a tough decision to make all right so we see in colossians 1.15, as we read last week that the son this is jesus is the image of the invisible god this is colossians 1.15. he's the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation for in him all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created what through him and for him he is before all things and in all him things hold together and listen to this in verse 18 of colossians 1 he is the head of the body the church he is the head of the body of the church he's sovereign over the church you know why some people stop going to church well, sometimes the church we're a bunch of idiots, all right, and we hurt each other, so that 's one reason why people leave church so that's but another reason that i've seen that people leave church is they have a challenge with the sovereignty of God in their lives, and they just can't do it and so they 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 go out, they might go out and quit going to church altogether, or they might try to find a church where the sovereignty of God is not uh, expressed quite so strongly, all right? I'm not telling you to do what I tell you to do. I'm just telling you to do what God tells you to do, amen? You need to think about that. Do what God tells you to do. And, you know, here's the neat thing about God. I've mentioned this before. He didn't give you 10 things to do or 20 things to do or 50 things to do. He gives you one thing to do, and he gives you one thing at a time. And he says, we're not going to get off this one thing until you got this one down, and then we're going to work our way to the next thing, all right? So not everybody needs to stop smoking. (laughs) That might be your deal, all right? And, you know, we all might be smokers in here. I don't think we are, but we might all be smokers in here. You know what? God's going to deal with each one of us differently. And at some point, we're going to work up to that place where God's going to say, you know what? Smoking's bad for your health. Your body is the temple of God, all right? And so, you know what? Let's work on this until we can get past it. How many smokers have been freed already? All right, just, wow, several of us, all right? I just gave that as as an example, all right? God's working on something in your life it might be worry it might be anxiety it might be control freakishness whatever it is all right let God work whatever needs to work in your life let him be sovereign in that one thing in your life so Jesus comes around you know one of the first things we ever hear in the Gospels about what Jesus preached he said "The repent for the kingdom of heaven is near If it was near when Jesus was here, it's even nearer today. (laughs) What is repentance? It's saying, I'm not going to control things anymore, God. I'm going to let you start taking charge. What does it take to let? You say, well, that, that sounds all good. I'm willing to do it. But how do you do that? I mean, I don't see Jesus. I don't hear him. How do I do that? Let me tell you what. You start asking him before you make decisions. You start inquiring of the Lord. And you ask him, God, I am not talking about, do I go to their grocery store today or not? I'm not talking. That level of thing, God gave you a brain and he lets you make wise and common. Do I pay my bills today? Well, if they're due, you better pay them, all right? Or do I go and apologize to somebody that I've hurt? You don't need to ask God that. <laughs> you just go and do it. But if you've got a job opportunity, you've got two things here, and it's a pretty big decision, you say, Jesus, what would you want me to do? And the Bible says... That he'll guide your steps one step at a time. So, what do you do? You say, God, I'm going to take the step. I think it's the right one. I'm going to lift my foot. And, Lord, you put that foot right. Whoop, maybe it needs to go over here. All right, or maybe it needs to go. But I'm going to start going in motion. And I just pray that you direct the steps that I take. Doesn't that make sense? Anybody can do that. A ten-year-old can do that. Surely we can do that. Ask God, inquire of the Lord, and let Him be sovereign over our lives. So here's kind of where we left off yesterday, uh, yesterday, last Sunday. Um, seems like yesterday. Luke eleven twenty. Listen to what Jesus says, and th- this is this is kind of getting into what does it look like when God starts displaying His sovereignty? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Well, it's pretty tangible. I'll tell you that much. In fact, in in Acts two. I read this scripture it really was cool it says jesus ascended to heaven i'm paraphrasing jesus ascended to heaven god gave him the holy spirit and the holy spirit through jesus was then poured out on 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 all humanity and peter says this this is what you see and this is what you hear all right when god starts moving you will start seeing things And you will start hearing things in other words it's tangible it's it's visible if you're praying for healing god wants to heal you so that you can see it and feel it all right if you're struggling in your brain with whatever depression or have you ever had those thoughts they're just pounding your brain you wish you could just go to sleep at night you can't god wants to silence those thoughts in your head he wants you to have a peaceful it's visible it's tangible it's hearable it's sensible God wants to do that type of thing. He's not so far removed that he doesn't want to touch your life. So here in Luke 11:12 12, it says, Jesus says, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, that's crazy, then the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. All right? Now that's pretty powerful. Instead of the arm of God or the force of God, the finger of God. Might even be the pinky of God, all right? we're talking about raw power the kingdom of heaven god can do it with his finger he can do it with his mouth with the words of his mouth the kingdom of heaven comes and establishes itself in our presence in our presence praise god i think of some of you that have been coming for a while that you just walked in off the street we didn't even know you you just walked in here I am. <laughs> the finger of God touched your life, and nothing has been the same ever since. It's the kingdom of heaven. But here's a here's a, an example. So I've just been giving you random verses here and there, but here's a story in Acts 3, verse 1. And if you read some of the readings that we had from last week, you read this. But it says, One day, these two disciples of Jesus, this is after Jesus has died, resurrected, ascended to heaven, and the Holy Spirit's been poured out on people's lives, Peter and John are going to the temple in Acts 3 for a time of prayer at about 3 in the afternoon. Now, there's a man who was lame from birth after being carried, um, see, so he was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put there to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw, okay, now, some of us have begged, all right? Some of us see those who beg and give them money. So we can identify with someone who's begging, all right? That's uh, <laughs> that's common in our society, all right? So it's the same type of situation. You pull up to a stoplight and here's someone asking for money, all right? Let's put it into our world so that we can kind of picture this. Picture you roll down the window and you start interacting with this person. He saw Peter, this this beggar, saw Peter and John about to enter and he asked them for money. I don't know if he said it verbally or if he just put his hand out. In our case, there might wave a sign right in your face. I need food. I'm hungry. Please give me something to eat. All right, Peter looked straight at him. Through his open window, no, he's not, he's not in a car, but let's keep it relevant, all right? He looks straight at this guy, and Peter says, look at us. Now, uh, on Mesa Street, there's this man who asks for money routinely, and I'm going to show you how he's, he's literally bent over like this. And I, he has to look up like this. And so sometimes he won't look me in the eye. I'll roll down the window and talk to him, but he's got a spinal injury or something, literally, he has to walk like this, all right? And I've never said, look at me. Can you imagine? (laughs) But you know what? When God is inside of you and you're trying to get somebody's attention, you might say, look at me. He wasn't being mean. He was just saying, look at me. So he said, look at me. So the man um, gave him his attention expecting to get something from him. And Peter said, "Then that proves that Peter wasn't being a jerk when he said, look at me. He said, look at me. Like there's something hopeful look at me like i have a dog uh her name's mia a black lab and and anything we say that's exciting that dog just spazzes out the tail starts wagging we can say some key words and that dog will freak out so there's something hopeful that was said here peter peter says silver and gold i don't have can you imagine the guys oh (laughs) why did i even bother to look at this guy he's not going to give me any money he says but what i do have I give you, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Now listen to what happened. He took him by his right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. That apparently was where he was lame, was in his feet. and his, Maybe he had a club foot, or, or maybe his ankles hadn't been fully formed, or or maybe through atrophy things had gotten worse and worse. Whatever the case is, case is they became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Now you tell me. All right? The sovereignty of God causes tangible results in our lives. Visible results, not just spiritual ambiguity, philosophical garbage. No, God does practical things. If you need money, God's going to take care of your finances. If you're depressed, he's going to give you joy. If you can't get rid of those voices in your mind, he's going to give you peace. If you have a relationship that's broken, he wants to mend it. It's tangible. The sovereignty of God is visible, it's phys- physical, and it's, it's something that you can enjoy. So this man jumps up, he starts running with them, walking and jumping. They go into the temple courts, praising God. Then all the people see this, and they come praising God together. They recognize this man was the same man that used to be sitting at the temple gate, and they're in amazement, all right? That's what it looks like for God's sovereignty to take hold. Now, doesn't that whet your appetite a little bit to say, you know what? I do want God's sovereignty in my life. Actually, I do want him to start taking charge of the out-of-control areas of my life. I do want that. Maybe you struggle with, uh, with, I don't know, with your chores at home of keeping things neat and tidy. God wants to help you with that. All right. Maybe you have problems staying up on your bills. God wants to help you with that. Maybe you have anger issues. God wants to help you with every area of your life. There's nothing that's off uh, off limits for God. Just invite Him in and say, "Come in, God. Take sovereignty over this area of my life." All right. So that's why again we pray the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done. <laughs> your kingdom come. You be sovereign, all right? So we look in, in uh, Brother Jimmy's favorite scripture and mine as well. Always, always, Matthew 6, I've got some close seconds and thirds, but this one will always be at the top of the list. But I want you to look at this a little bit differently. It says, but seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things, money, needs, healing, relationship, whatever. All of these other things will be taken care of as well. what do you have to do? Seek first the kingdom of heaven. What is that? The kingdom, the sovereignty of God in my life. What does that look like? I get up in the morning. I'm starting to do this. Get up in the morning and say, God, what do you want to do today? I have the 15 things that I have to do (laughs) for work family church whatever it is i've got all these things but god what do you want to do and you know what i'm intensely curious in knowing god what your will is for me today i really really want to know what you want to do today and you get interested and curious to know what god's will is for that day for you this day you're going to live an adventurous life all kinds of good stuff is going to happen that you weren't expecting. Why don't you step across the threshold and say, God, I'm going to start living in your sovereignty. I'm going to start living an exciting, God-filled, inspired, miraculous, supernatural life. I want to start doing that. God's going to start using us. I, I bet you we had some stories from yesterday. I bet you we had some stories when we handed out our dinners and got to pray for some people. I went with my mom, and we got to pray for some. I bet we had some stories. You know what? God wants to give you stories every day of your life. God's stories, inspired stories, amen? So anyways, we need to prioritize God's sovereignty in our life and stop saying, God, when are you going to do? When are you going to heal this shoulder mind? Hey, he's going to take care of it whenever it's time for him to take care of it right? When are you going to give me a job or when are you going to do this? When you, you know what? Let's just focus on what God's sovereign will is for today. And, and let's focus in on that and stop putting our agendas above God's agendas. All right. So I've mentioned this last week, but I'll say it again. If we pray, good things will happen. If we don't pray, evil things are going to happen. <laughs> Literally we have that level of authority not only in our for ourselves but for those that we come in contact with so whisper a prayer to god whisper a prayer to god talk to god listen to god say god heal this person or god help me in this thing help me with that thing we 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 don't want to leave things up to chance we want to leave things up to god all right so here's a here's a thought don't worry We're almost done here, but we're going to have a little bit of time at the end. I want us to respond to what we're talking about today. Um, There's a a formula that I want to share with you. My page is out of whack here a little bit, but anyways, there's a formula that I want to share with you for seeing God's sovereignty at work every day of your life formula i i like formulas i like knowing if i do a b and c that d will happen if i don't do a b and c then e will happen so i want to do i want to get the right right uh, right things happening so here it is if we want to see god's sovereignty happen in our lives this is something that really was enlightened to me recently i need to inquire of the lord number step one before i do anything i need to inquire of the lord the bible says ask And you will receive ask ask God what do you want me to do the Bible also says if you ask for wisdom he will give it to you he'll give it to transgender if they ask if you're homosexual God will if you ask for wisdom he'll give you wisdom if you're a murderer you will get wisdom if you're a Christian you ask for wisdom you will get wisdom he says I will give wisdom to anybody that asks anybody all right you could be hating the world and you ask for wisdom god's going to give you wisdom all right so ask and receive inquire of the lord if you'll start inquiring of the lord god will show you great and mighty things all right so step one if you, need, if you need to know what God's will is, just ask him, God, what's your will? And you say, well, I don't know. Well, listen, then start listening to him. I'll never forget Jessica. When we we started first started kind of hanging out here at church, she wasn't sure about, you know, hearing from God. And you know what? She started hearing from God the next week. <laughs> right? Sorry to pick on you, but, I mean, it's a great example. You know what? Ask God, and he's going to answer your questions. He really is. He's going to answer you. And you say, well, How? If you start listening to him with your heart, with your spirit, with your soul, he's going to start speaking to you. And I've I've gotten to the place where I'd much rather hear God in my spirit than with my ears. Because what comes into my spirit lasts. It stays there. It remains there. Things that I see, God, give me a sign. I want to see a sign in the heavens. Well, you know what? God's given me a couple of signs and I already forgot what they were. All right? So I need something lasting and the spiritual is lasting and it's 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 meaty, it's deep, it's complex, it's wonderful, it's amazing. And so we inquire the Lord number 2, you just simply listen to God. You wait for God. You say, "Well, I'm not a patient person." Well, get to be patient. All right? Life is all about patiently waiting. It just takes time and I've gotten to the place where I love to wait on the Lord. What what do you, well, tell me what it looks like. Well, I take walks, and I just wait on God. I don't come in telling God, demanding God, pushing God, pulling God. I wait for God, and God starts giving me the answers that I've been waiting for when I quiet my spirit quiet my soul quiet my mind and i listen to god i wait for him so number two you ask god it's like a conversation you ask if i ask my wife i'm gonna wait for her to respond right and and maybe she's in busy with something but eventually she's gonna get to me she's gonna answer my question so we inquire the lord we listen to him we wait on him number three here's what god god speaks to you now that the first two were our our side Now God starts getting involved. And this is the exciting part. God speaks a promise to your heart. God speaks a promise to your heart. What does that look like? Well, if you're reading your Bible, he has way more opportunities to speak promises into your heart. All right. He has way more. If you're not reading your Bible, it's a lot tougher to hear from God. If you're not praying, it's tough to hear from God. If you're not coming to church, it's tough to hear from God. Those are the three main ways that we receive from the Lord is coming to church. The end all purpose. No, that's just the vehicle to receive from God. The end all purpose is to get something from God. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we pray. That's why we come to church. But God speaks a promise into your heart. Have you ever, and not all all of us are going to raise our hand, have you ever received a promise from God? All right, several of us. If you haven't received a promise, start waiting on God. He's going to whisper promises into your heart that you could have only dreamed of. All right, that's step number three. Number four, it comes back into your court, and you simply believe what God has just promised you. You have faith. God, you said it. I believe it. I'm holding on to it. And it's like a seed that he drops in your heart, and your heart either leaves the seed wide open for some wind to blow it away, or your heart closes over the seed and says, I'm holding on to this one. You hold on to the promise of God. It's going to sprout and become something tangible, visible, and something powerful eventually. Take the promise of God and believe that God, what God has spoken is going to take place. And then the fifth thing is the easy thing. God does what he said he promised. God does what he says he promised. So inquire of the Lord, listen to God, get a promise, believe the promise, and then God fulfills the promise. Now I can't tell you how many times, and I wasn't even realizing this was a a neat little step-by-step thing, How many times this has happened in my life, over and over and over again. I remember there was a time, about a year and a half, two years of just misery. How many of you had years of misery? Anybody? All right, we've all had years of misery. And during those two years, two some odd years, all I hung on to was the promises of God. All I say, God, tell me something today. (laughs) Speak to me. I don't care even what you tell me. (laughs) just tell me something so that i know it comes from god and i would hold on to those promises and i would hold on those promises in my life have become oak trees powerful steadfast things now when similar troubles come my way it's not as tough it's hard but it's not as hard and i'm a lot stronger and i'm a lot more able to withstand the trials that come my way because of holding on to the promise of god of saying i've got to hear from you God you've got to tell me something so what are some scriptures that kind of back up this little formula that I've just given you well first John five fourteen says this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we've asked him for so this doesn't give the full picture but you know what God, give me a promise. And as soon as you have a promise, you know that's God's will. Why would he promise you something that he doesn't want to do? So then you start praying for that promise. God, you promise me. You're going to do this, Lord. You're going to take care of my child. You're going to take care of this situation. You're going to watch over me. You promise, God. You pray the word of God. You believe the word of God. You declare the promise of God. Tell other people. Go around. I'll grab Jesse and say, God promised me he's going to heal me. You know, tell somebody about it. That's why Wednesday nights are so important because what's inside is coming out. Declaring the word of God. All right? So it's important. We take the promise. We believe it. We pray it. We read it. We study it. We declare it. We live it. I've heard of people doing this and I, I think I've kind of done it a couple of times. If God promised me, I'm going to act like it's already happened. It's already happened. That's faith. I'm, I'm living as if it's already done. That's believing. In fact, if you look at Romans 4, I think it, it definitely uh, supports that view of just living in faith that way. But Proverbs 8:34, kind of going back to the inquiring of the lord and waiting on the lord i love this verse it's one of those it's up there in the top 10 verses for me all right proverbs eight thirty four says blessed are those who listen to me watching daily at my doors and waiting at my doorstep three activities patient activities but very enjoyable activities listening watching and waiting that's the way christians have got to live this has become a cornerstone for me and, and a blessed thing for me to wait, watch, and listen. There's been times whenever I'm, I'm stressed out about something and I hear the Spirit just whisper into my heart, say, watch me, watch me. And sure enough, hours or a day or a day or two later, God has come in and boom, he's taking care of the problem just like that. So when you get the word from God that says watch, you better start watching. Look around and wait for God to do something mighty and awesome. And and, and the same goes for listening. If God's saying, I've woke, there's been times when I'm laying in bed and I know I need to get up and I need to get ready for work or I need to pray a little bit and read my Bible. And I'm just laying there, oh, God, I want to get up. I don't want to get up. And I feel the Holy Spirit say, Get up. I've got something to tell you. Have you ever had that happen? Get up. I've got something I want to share with you. You're listening to me. And so I roll out of bed you know get my eyes open get my bible out and sure enough the riches of god starts flowing man god's speaking something to me he's waking me up he's sharing truth with me life with me watch wait and listen and then i just want to share with you just some thoughts here to to finish up um what are some signs that you know you've heard from god all right because sometimes we say i don't know is that god talking to me is that uh Pizza last night. What what is it? What's what is is this voice from God or not? And I want to I want to share with you. Here's some ideas. If what you hear brings hope, it's most likely from God. If what you hear from God brings a little bit of a slap in the rear end to get up and go, that's probably from God. All right. If he's Uh, if he's empowering you that's probably from God if it brings peace to your soul and your mind it's probably from God all right if it brings purpose into your life it's probably from God if it's humbling to you and exalting to God it's probably from God and if it comes from out from left field It's probably from God as well. And I'll I'll just give you an example. Um, I kept thinking, you know what, my job here, I I work full time, but the the job where I work at, this job is going to come to an end. I kept for three years, I think it's going to come to an end. I'm probably going to lose my job or find another one. Something's going to happen here. And so as I'm thinking these thoughts for month after month after month, this thought comes to me from left field. And listen to this, finish what I'm finishing finish. I knew instantly that was the Lord. It didn't come from me. It came from left field and it gave me purpose. It gave me vision. It gave me the gas in my engine to keep going. All right. So I guarantee you, I bet you every single one of us have heard the voice of God. You've heard it. All right. Remember his voice. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They recognize me. All right. So that's just an example of hearing the word of the Lord. Man, powerful. Romans 8, 17, a couple of final things, I promise you, I'm almost done. Uh, It says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard from the word of Christ. And I'm not going to get all theological on you but this word is referring to the rhema word of God it's the spoken word of God from his spirit to our spirit you know where we hear God's direct spoken word to us that produces faith and faith is holding on to that seed remembering, saying I'm holding on to this I'm not letting this promise go then finally Mark eleven twenty two another very well-known scripture that we've spoken of here, but it says have faith in God Stop having faith in yourself and have Faith in God and if you do this scripture goes on to say you can speak to the Obstacles in your life and they will be removed You will speak to the strongholds the enemy has in your life and they will be removed some of you, because you've told me, have had mountains removed very recently in your life. Mountains just cast into the ocean. And then it goes on, it says, when these, ocean, these mountains are cast out of the way, you'll be able to ask anything in my name, and I'm going to do it. Because the obstacle has been removed. All right? Have faith in God. Let's bow our heads.